Welcome to the podcast of Faith Chapel with Pastor Richard Rogers. It's a privilege to bring this message to you, and we hope it brings you greater faith, hope, and love in the Lord. Please know that Pastor Rich prays personally for you, our listeners, each and every week. Thank you for joining us today. I've got a message I want to share with you this morning. It's living God's best in a fallen world. And it comes out of 2 Kings, chapters 18 through 20. And there's just some verses that I will be reading. But living God's best in a fallen world is not easy. It is difficult. Temptation to compromise and sin is around every corner. Pain, sickness, and death is all around. Each person has a choice and must decide for themselves how they will live in a fallen world. Everyone has a choice and a decision to make regarding how they will live today and tomorrow. See, either to follow the way of a fallen world and live in rebellion towards God, or have faith and live for God Almighty in victory, no matter how things may look in the natural, but to trust God. See, what will you choose this new year? You know, there's always times where we can kind of start afresh, and and so New Year's is a time of starting afresh. We turn the page, and it's a new calendar. We turn the page, and oh, I need to start my diet. We turn the page and, oh, new resolutions, all of that. And so today is 1-2-2022, January 2nd, 2022. This new year, make a decision to put Jesus first no matter what may come. Decide to remove those things in your life that prompt or tempt you to live according to the things of the world. Put away those things that would want you to turn your back on God and instead choose to live fully for Christ. Fully embrace Jesus with all your heart and soul. Let faith arise in your heart no matter the circumstance. You see, victory... Spiritual victory, that's what the Christian desires. We would love physical victory where we don't die, but the fact is, spiritual victory, you will never die. Spiritual victory is yours in Christ the Lord as you live God's best, both now and forever. In Second Kings 18-20, through 20, we'll find Hezekiah, king of Judah, follows his father as king of Judah, and he is king for some 29 years. But in his 14th year as king, Hezekiah is threatened by Sennacherib, a king of Assyria, to surrender and to be taken captive. Remember, the nation of Israel has already split in two. After King Solomon, when he died, ten tribes went to the north, the northern kingdom of Israel, and two tribes 
the southern kingdom of Judah. The northern kingdom of Israel has already fallen at this time and period of, of Second Kings of, during Hezekiah's reign. It's already fallen to Assyria seven years earlier. I am sure Sennacherib's threats were not taken lightly by King Hezekiah because the Assyrians have already conquered the northern kingdom. So they're coming after him now. In chapter 17, you will find the reason for Israel's exile, the reason why they were taken captive, why they went into exile, and it is due to sin. They had turned their backs towards God and served other gods. In 2 Kings 17, we see that all this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God, who brought them up out of Egypt. Now these are generations of people later. They weren't those that in Hezekiah's day was not the generation that came out of Egypt, but their grandfathers came out of Egypt, and they were supposed to pass down what God has done in their lives, just as you and I may pass down on to our children, grandchildren, friends, what God has done. See, they worshipped and served other gods and followed the practices of other nations. They were falling for a fallen world. The Israelites did things against God. They had set up sacred stones and Asheroth poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree that people were worshipping other gods. They burned incense as other nations had done, whom the Lord had taken out of the promised land years ago. They did things that provoked the Lord to anger by worshiping idols. Listen, God is not pleased when we worship anything other than Him. When we put anything before Him, He is not pleased. We are to worship Him and Him alone. The Lord had warned the Israel and, and Judah through all the prophets to turn from their evil ways. However, the people refused to listen and were stiff-necked like their fathers and forefathers before them who did not trust the Lord, their God. So in 2 Kings 18, verse 3, I want to read these next few verses to you. Speaking about Hezekiah, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asheroth poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made up uh, to the time that the Israelites had been burning incense to it. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among the kings of Judah, either before or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. Father, I pray that you'll anoint the remainder of our time together. Lord, uh, anoint our hearts, give us ears 
to hear and hearts that are receptive. Lord, hearts that are broken to receive what you have for us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, in, in 2 Kings 18, we learn that King Hezekiah attempted to appease the king of Assyria by paying tribute to him. And they 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Doesn't sound like much, does it? 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold until you get to realize what it means. A talent is equal to 75 pounds. So I want you to understand that what he gave the king of Assyria, 30 talents, was over 2,250 pounds of gold. Today, that would be in the millions. Maybe even the tens of millions. Then he gave 300 talents of silver. That is 22,500 pounds of silver. They needed a lot of camels to move that stuff. Totally, that is, what I, I didn't do this in my notes, but 2,400 and, no, 24, almost 25,000 pounds of gold and silver. 25 pounds. I just want an ounce. <laughs> right? You only want an ounce. An ounce right now is what, about $1,700, $1,800? Can you imagine a pound? Can you imagine 100 pounds? 2,000 pounds? See, church, all the money that King Hezekiah gave to the Assyrians would not buy his freedom. They were still going after him. Sennacherib still wanted the nation to be enslaved and under his authority. The like same can be said regarding the enemy of your soul. You can give him as much as you want of yourself. He wants more. No matter what you do, nothing will be enough. The enemy wants your soul and to keep you in spiritual bondage. You will never appease or buy your spiritual freedom from sin and death yourself. Good works won't do it. Good thoughts won't do it. It is only by faith in Christ. True victory and, and freedom from sin and death is only possible with choosing Jesus and walking in faith and victory. The world today, you will have to work harder and harder and sacrifice more and more if you're going to try to get ahead. If you, uh, you can give all you have and it won't be enough. Sin and living according to a fallen world will cost you everything. It will cost you your soul. It will cost you your marriage, your relationship, your children, your friends, your health, your very soul. It will take more hours in the day than you have. And they will still want more. A 40-hour week is barely normal anymore. For people that are working, they want 45, 50, 55, 60. Do I hear 70? Do I hear 70 going once, going twice? That's what they're wanting. And maybe they'll say 40, but you got to get this work done. So you've got to work beyond 
And maybe you can't clock it in. They want more. You see, this fallen world would ask you to to turn away from everything. Put your family aside. Put your church aside. Put God aside. Just get the work done. Whatever you do will never be enough. The more a person succeeds, according to the fallen world and what they claim to be success, the more society, the fallen world demands from you. The enemy of your soul will strip you of everything and it is still not enough. He wants more. He just doesn't want you. He wants your children. He doesn't want just your children, but your grandchildren. He wants your parents if they're alive. It doesn't matter. The enemy of your soul will go for everything. He goes for the jugular vein. The enemy, the lies of the enemy will echo for you to choose pleasure. Choose so-called freedom. Choose that so-called happiness that money can bring. Only money can't bring happiness. Choose the fallen world's way of life. Turn your back on God rather than trusting God. And is there really a God? See, that's what the world and many will say. The world of those who would have you to believe that God does not exist or care about you or that God can do anything to alter the present course of events in your life is a lie of the enemy. He can do all things. He can heal the sick. We haven't seen it in our lifetime, but maybe in other countries he can raise the dead. He stopped the waters from running. Jordan River. He can do all things. Hezekiah understood that what the fallen world, everything that is spoken from there is a lie from the pit. Sennacherib, what he was threatening, it could come to pass wasn't possible. But see, Hezekiah placed his faith in God. Hezekiah chose to put God first and remove the places of idolatry, of idol worship, long ago when he first became king. But the enemy was still coming after him, still tempting and trying to work his way in. Society or, or the enemy of your soul will never stop trying to pull you into spiritual bondage. We have already read how Hezekiah trusted the Lord and the God of Israel and how he held fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow God. You see, a person will always be tempted to follow the pleasures of life that the world offers. It looks good. It sounds good. It's what the commercial says. If you don't eat this cereal, you're going to have a horrible day. If you don't buy this new car, it, you might as well write off the whole year. The world would say to live in the present. 
Live a little. Choose to have fun. Choose life and don't listen to what the Word of God says or what other Christians say. Don't waste time with faith in Christ that you can't see and believe in God and believe that God could save you. See, that is exactly what the Assyrians were telling the people of the northern kingdom. They were saying, don't listen to the king Hezekiah. His words will only lead you to death. And basically, he's saying, don't trust God. Because Hezekiah is trusting God. Don't listen to him. Listen to what 2 Kings 18.31 says. Do not listen to Hezekiah. This is what the Assyrian king says. Make peace with me and come out to me. Then every one of you will eat of his own vine and fig tree and drink waters from his own cistern. You'll be happy. You'll have what you want. Verse 32, until I come and take you to a land like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey. Choose life, not death. And it goes on, don't listen to Hezekiah. For he is misleading you when he says, the Lord will deliver us. This next verse, verse 33, is, could have brought fear. Has the God of any nation ever delivered his land from the king of Assyria? Has any other God ever delivered them, the people out of my hands? No. So what makes you think that God Almighty, the God of Israel, would do it? Because he is God Almighty. Hezekiah trusted God. If you read chapter 19, you will find that people remained silent and said nothing. King Hezekiah prayed and chose to trust God and not panic. That is a word that we need to understand. Choose God and not panic. We are so easy to panic. It, the, the enemy wants to speak fear into your heart, into your life, and we, we're, we so easily panic. I so easily panic at times. We all do. Hezekiah knew what had happened to the other nations and how the Assyrians took them captive and killed many, that it could happen to him. He knew that. But Hezekiah still trusted God. No matter how things looked in the natural, Hezekiah knew what happened to the northern kingdom of Israel and he was going to continue to stand fast and stand firm in his faith and encourage others to do the same. See, that's what we should be doing. That's what we're called to do. We're to tell people of Jesus. We're to encourage people to stand firm and believe, stand and wait and see what God is going to do. See, Hezekiah understood all this. He understood that the reason the northern kingdom had been invaded and taken captives is because they had turned their backs to God and no longer followed the Lord. They had not obeyed the Lord, their God, and instead worshipped other gods. Hezekiah was not about to shrink from his faith or devotion to God. Listen to what Hezekiah says. In 19, 2 Kings 19, 19. Now, O Lord, our God, deliver us 
from His hand, so that all the kingdoms on earth may know that You alone, O Lord, are God. So that all the kingdoms of the earth would know. Not just so that I know. Not just so that the people of Judah know. But that all the kingdoms would know that you, O Lord, are God. Hezekiah revealed in his heart to be a person of faith who displayed godly principles and character in his life for all to see. And that set him apart from most of the other kings of Judah and Israel. So one, Hezekiah removed all the idol worship from the kingdom of Judah. See, he smashed the sacred stones, removed the high places of worship. He took steps to destroy the idol worship and lead the nation to trust God. He removed things in his life that shouldn't have been there. He removed the things under the trees and under the places of idol worship that shouldn't be there. Hezekiah led by example and followed the commands of God, and he was successful. Second, Hezekiah trusted God and prayed. He knew God was God no matter what others might say, no matter what others might do, no matter what others might believe, no matter what things looked like in the natural. God is God. Hezekiah chose to believe the word of the Lord rather than the empty words of the enemy. You need to understand that as you read the scriptures, the Bible, those words are words of life. They're not empty words. They're powerful words. They're words that are true. See, the situation before Hezekiah and the people of Judah looked impossible, and yet they believed and trusted God. I pray that whatever situation that I am in or whatever situation you are in, when things look impossible, that we still trust God. Someone may be on their deathbed. We still pray for their healing. We still believe God for healing. We do. Well, they're terminal. Terminal is nothing to God. But God God may take them home. If they know Christ is Lord and Savior, they're stepping from this life into eternity. They will never die. We have to pray for healing. We need to pray for deliverance. We need to believe for the impossible. Because if we don't, we're lacking in faith, I believe. That's just my opinion. We pray according to the word of God that all things are possible. Hezekiah did not allow the threats of the enemy to change his mind regarding God. Hezekiah remained faithful to the Lord. He did not let fear override his faith. Hezekiah did not deny the power or threats of the enemy. He was well aware that this guy is is powerful. You know, they could run us over. He didn't deny it. He knew the 
full outcome. However, he chose to wait upon God's deliverance and that through God's deliverance, others would see the power of God and know that God was God over all things, even over whatever powerful influence that might be on or coming against that person. See, I believe we can learn from Hezekiah's decision to stand firm in faith. His faith in God and God's ability to do the impossible should be an encouragement and an inspiration for each of us. You see, today we're living in a time that many have rejected God. Some people have never believed in God or they've rejected God. They've walked away from the church. Not that the church is anything, but they've walked away from God. Others have strayed and placed their faith in other things. Money, self, pleasure, a higher power, horoscopes, or other gods, other religions, other cultures. Still others have twisted the truth of Scripture to fit what they want. You can take Scripture and twist it with what you want. Well, you got to watch what, you know, what that is. Because there's a scripture about go and do likewise. Well, he jumped off the bridge. In the next verse you read, go and do likewise. I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go by that scripture. No, we go by God's word and don't twist it. Don't make God's word what you want. See, God's word is there to conform us into his image. We're not to conform the word of God into what we desire. Let me try to give you an example. God is a loving God. He won't send anyone to hell. Everyone's going to go to heaven. Or how about all paths? lead to God in heaven. Or if a person does good, they'll make it into heaven. Good works. See, these ideas sound good. It makes a person feel good. But they're untrue. Just because a person does good doesn't mean that they're going to make it into heaven. There could be very good moral people, but they don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, they're not going to be in glory. All paths do not lead to God. However, all paths, if you get off of that path that's leading away from God, you get on a new path, that path will lead to God. There are paths that lead to God. But not all paths. And yes, God is loving, but he is also, I'm afraid, just, righteous, holy. Spiritual rebellion is not rewarded to go to heaven. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is how we get into glory. Romans 8.1 Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life was set me free from the law of sin and death. 
Hallelujah. For what the law was powerless. In other words, by works, by trying to obey the, the law, was powerless to do in that it was weak by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be the sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. See, in other words, we can't do anything to save ourselves. We are powerless in ourselves. Instead, it is by faith in Christ, turning our backs to, to sin and living according to the Spirit of God is how we come to know Christ as Lord and Savior and how we can enter heaven. See, we are living in a time that as Christians, we if we stand on what we believe and what the Bible teaches, we may be called intolerant, legalistic, racist, sexist, homophobic, or other names that a person may want to use to discredit, to label a person in a negative way. I believe a person can look at the news and see a person call another person racist or sexist because they disagree with them. Not because of who they are or how they live, but because they have a different viewpoint and how I can get you to try to go by my viewpoint. I'm going to call you names and try to get everybody to slam you and you'll say, all right, I give. And we verbally are, have been uh, bullied to compromise. To compromise what is untrue. To turn our backs on what is true. See, many will use slanderous terms to label, threaten, or badger a person into submission and to discredit them in other people's eyes, even when the accusations are unfounded and untrue. Society will use tactics to get a person to compromise what they do or, or what they believe. And that includes compromising one's faith in God. See, fear, threats, acts of violence, the removal from a position, and attempts to discredit are only a few ways a person might employ to get someone to compromise what they believe. The enemy of your soul wants to take away your freedom and place you in both physical and spiritual bondage for all eternity. The enemy of your soul will tell you that to experience true happiness, true freedom, true joy in life, you will need to stop resisting. Stop the God stuff. Get with the program. Fall in line. Obey what society and what seemingly powerful people in a fallen world tell you. Ignore God. Shut out the truth and believe the lies of the world. Try using this drug. Have a drink. Don't worry. Be happy. In fact, try this other drug. Have another drink. Let's go to another party. 
skip church another week? Why pray? You feel lonely when you pray? Why pray? Fulfill that selfish desire that you have in your heart. Do what you want. Live for today. Work harder. Make more money. You may be happy. Get a bigger home. Get a sports car. You'll be happy. Get a divorce. Just live with someone. You'll be happy. It's okay to cheat on your taxes, your boss, on your spouse. You'll be happy. What you do in secret won't hurt anyone. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, unless they put it on a commercial. Just give in to the evils of the fallen world and the elusive pleasures. Just for a moment, see what it's like. And then the enemy's got you hooked. See, the enemy wants you to believe a lie rather than the truth. Much like the Assyrian commander who challenged Hezekiah and the people of Judah to choose a life of bondage and, and, and to try to avoid physical death at their hand. However, in doing so, Hezekiah and the people would be rejecting God and the spiritual victory that was theirs in God. See, Hezekiah knew that if they were to make a choice to surrender to the Assyrians, that they would be choosing to believe a lie of the enemy. They would be choosing death rather than life. They would be turning their backs to God and on God. They would, they would be by their actions say, I don't trust you, God, to deliver me from sickness, to deliver me from the enemy, to get me past this life. I can't trust you. But Hezekiah chose to trust God and laid it all on the line. He chose to believe that God was able to deliver them from the hands of the enemy. Hezekiah didn't know how. Hezekiah didn't have a plan to follow. He didn't know when it would happen. Everything appeared hopeless, and yet he chose to believe that God would deliver them. What about you? Hezekiah began to cry out to God. He began to pray. He admitted how things looked in the natural and yet refused to give in to the attacks and threats of the enemy. Refused to believe what he saw in the natural. Hezekiah chose to believe the promises of God rather than the lies of the enemy. Hezekiah chose to display a godly character in faith and trust God a godly character in waiting upon the Lord, a godly character of believing that with God all things are possible, a godly character that encouraged others to follow and believe. It would appear that Hezekiah had nothing else to offer except to accept the terms of the enemy. And yet he cries out to God, when everything looked impossible, Hezekiah chose to cry out to God. Remember, he tried giving him all the gold, all the silver from the temple. He stripped all the gold and silver out of the, the uh, temple of God and gave it to the Assyrians. All too often, we try to take care of our problems on our own strength and follow the ways of the world. 
we try everything we can in our own power, in our own strength. And after everything is exhausted, we kind of throw up our hands. Okay, God, you do it. It really ought to be the opposite. We ought to go to God and allow God work through us and in us. See, this New Year's, let's decide to turn to God first and avoid the bondage that comes with following the ways of a fallen world. Hezekiah understood the attack against Judah was an attack against the people of God and against God himself. If you were a Christian and you know Christ as Lord and Savior, the the enemy is coming after you, you feel that you're being tempted or bondage or or just a kind of a spiritual attack, understand he's not just attacking you. He's attacking the God who you serve. Jesus who is resident in your heart. Listen to Second Kings 19, starting at verse 15. Listen to Hezekiah's prayer. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, O Lord, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to insult the living God. In other words, God, listen to what he's saying about you. Verse 17, it is true, O Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their land. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them. For they are not gods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by man's hands. Now, O Lord, our God, deliver us from this hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. I want you to notice that Hezekiah acknowledged that God, who God was, the maker of heaven and earth, and that he understood that God was able to deliver them from the enemy. Church, if we're going to live God's best in a fallen world, we must choose to walk in faith no matter what the enemy threatens, how he threatens, no matter if we're on the sick bed or not. God is still God. He hasn't forgotten you. A person has a tendency to try to do things and change things in their own strength. But we can't. It will not last. Whatever you try to do, the enemy of your soul will not give up and he will always want more. Don't waste your time or effort fighting the enemy yourself. Call out to the Lord. Declare your faith in the one who holds all things in his hand. Everything. He spoke everything into existence. Walk in faith and obedience. Wait upon the Lord for his deliverance and believe that with God all things are possible and look for God's deliverance and begin to thank him. Even before you see God moving in your situation, declare the power of God to all who will listen. You may know someone who's facing sickness, disappointment, a loss of some kind, a broken relationship, an impossible situation in the natural. 
or some sin or bondage that the enemy is telling you is greater than what you can imagine or what you can manage. Cry out to God. Put your trust in, in Him and His ability and His power. Let faith arise and the enemy be scattered. You see, it's during impossible situations that the light of the gospel shines the brightest for all to see. If you go out in the night sky and it is pitch black, you can see a flashlight from a great distance. Those stars in the sky are millions of miles away, but yet you see them. You see them. But you don't see them during the day, do you? But they're still there. In the darkest of night, in the darkest time of your situation, allow God to be seen. Allow Him to shine. It's during impossible situations that the light of the gospel shines the brightest for all to see. It's during impossible situations that a person's faith and character as a Christian is seen ever so bright and people notice. How can you go through these things? How can you pray that way? Because I trust God. Hezekiah chose to walk with God. What about you? Now I know all of you profess Christ as Lord and Savior, but there are times where we have a decision to make and how we're going to live or what we're going to do. Hezekiah chose to display a trust and faith in God when things appeared impossible. What about you? And God did amazing things. He struck down the large amount of the enemy's soldiers and Sennacherib turned around and went home. Judah was delivered by the hand of God. Allow your faith to be displayed for all to see. Allow the love of God and the peace of God and the grace of God to be seen in you. Reject fear and embrace faith. Let forgiveness and mercy be displayed in you each day. Display godly character in the midst of trouble and the people will sit up and take notice. And you'll be able to have an opportunity to share Jesus. They'll ask you. You won't have to ask them. They'll ask you what's going on. And they're inviting you to share your faith. It's an open door. You can do it then. See, God can and will use you to introduce someone to Jesus. Allow that to happen this year. Live God's best in a fallen world that we live in. Victory over sin and spiritual death is only possible with faith in Christ. Faith in Jesus is what breaks spiritual bondage. It breaks the chains that binds us. Do not believe the lies of the enemy. Start fresh today. Start fresh this year in, in 2022. Renew your faith in Jesus today. Let this year be a year of jubilee, a year of living passionate for the things of God, both now and this day forward into all eternity. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you, that you will apply this word to our hearts. Lord, that we live in faith and victory. We are not foolish enough to think that we won't be tempted, we won't go through difficulty, we won't go through, through situations. We won't be foolish enough to think that it's impossible. 
But Lord, we, we, are, we are also not foolish to think that we should never call upon your name. Help us in our weaknesses. Forgive us for times we try to do things on our own. It's almost a natural thing. But Holy Spirit, rise up in our hearts. Whisper into our souls. May we hear the voice of God. A voice that says, keep going. A voice that says, I am all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present. A voice that says, I love you and I am with you. A voice that says, welcome, good and faithful servant. A voice that that reminds us in in the Spirit that I am returning and returning soon. A voice that says, share your faith today with someone. A voice that says, stand firm on the promises of God. Because not one has ever failed. Nor will one ever fail. While we may breathe our last breath here and graduate from this life to the next, but that's not a, that is not something to fear. Lord, the promises of God are yea and amen. Thank you. Thank you. May the kingdom of God advance in our hearts and our souls, in this city, in this state, in this nation, in the world, in this church, until you return. May we be found faithful. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You've been listening to Pastor Rich Rogers with Faith Chapel Church in Pleasanton, California. If you've been encouraged by this message, we'd like to hear from you. You can contact us, listen to other sermons, and learn more at agfaithchapel.org. If you would like to give to the Ministry of Faith Chapel to reach the community and our missionaries around the world, go to agfaithchapel.org give. Thank you and God bless you.